Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of In the Trenches, a podcast about responsive learning experience design, where we discuss how to design and deliver flexible course content in a variety of modalities, settings, and situations. I'm Eric Ward, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Mike Vanderpool. In this episode, we discuss the importance of socialization early in a class. Socialization leads to interactions between students and the formation of relationships, but these things don't just happen on their own, they must be encouraged. This is especially important now when classes may suddenly go from in-person to remote on short notice. Let's get to the show. Hey, morning, Mike. Good morning, Mort. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah. Enjoying the beautiful rainy summer. Yeah, it's Saturday rainy, here. which actually is not bad. We haven't had a rainy day for a long time. Yes, my, my weeds need the water. <laughs> yes. All my grass turned brown, but my weeds are still going strong. So Yeah, yeah. So what's the good word? Uh, uh, school's getting closer, right? And you and I both have kids and some decisions have come down this week from some of those places regarding what our K-12 population is going to do. Yeah. You, you know, being in kind of the, the uh, boot camp, uh, consumer still side of stuff, me being obviously at a, at a community college, all these things that are happening. Um, I think the only thing that's, that's definite is that things will change. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, um, yeah. And, and, you know, so I got one, one, my son's going to go back to high school in some way, shape or fashion. And, uh, my daughter is going to go back to Ohio state in some way, shape or fashion, uh, to be determined. I think, I mean, Ohio state's still, still on, they're still, Hey, pick a day to move in and, uh, let's do this thing. Okay. So, so Dinah, your, your daughter, um, going to Ohio state, have they given any contingency plans or like kind of given you any forewarning about, Hey, if this, then this. No, it's been, um, there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of classes are going online, but they're, they're kind of doing it department by department and, you know, they're kind of updating schedules. It's very, it's, uh, it's an interesting approach. I'd, I don't know how well it's going to work. The thing is, is that, you know, in my mind, right, if you're, if you're only 1%, like if, not 1%, but right, if you only have like one class or a part of a class that you have to be there for, then, I mean, I don't think it's the going to the classes thing that's going to be the problem. <laughs> it's the, oh, you have to live on campus thing that's going to be the yeah. problem. And so, you know, I mean, sure, you, you, reduce, you reduce some trips to the classroom and you reduce, but I mean, you know how it is. Even, I mean, a lot of classes are small, right? They're only 15, 20 people. It's a fairly big room. You can socially distance, but it's all the other stuff. It's like, where do you eat? And, you know, you're packed into dorms and that kind of thing. So the thing that's interesting, and, and, and this came up, you know, when we actually sent the kids home the last time, you know, we actually inside of our buildings have at least some control over who moves where, who does what, right? Um, what, you know, maybe we're in a face mask, uh, a constant reminders about washing hands, all those kind of things. But when we just send them home or send them off to their dorms, we lose all, we have no control over them, right? It's like, it's like when I send my daughter to a room uh, and then half hour later, I come in and her walls are painted. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> that was well, a good idea. Room, so yeah. 
Right. Unintended consequences. Right. Yeah. So they, they, they haven't sent out a lot of guidance. You know, like we talked about, there's, it seems like there's more and more uh, K-12 districts that are at least delaying in-person starts. I know one district here um, is going to go online until October and then make another decision. But, you know, as we talked about Akron and sounds like Toledo as well, or just, yeah, I think Toledo announced this week that they will be full remote. I'm not sure if that's permanent for the semester or, right. or, um, right now our, our school district here that my son is um, still attending, they announced that they're going to go back five days. They announced some, um, you know, what their plan was and how to stagger move, you know, to your point, right. Stagger moving between classes and those kinds of things. But there's also a full remote option. So yeah. you, do not, you do not have to go back if you don't want to. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming, is that a smaller school? Yep. Yep. It's a, yeah, pretty, I mean, our, our class sizes are on the order of 120. Yeah. My, uh, uh, my oldest daughter, who is going to be a junior, oh dear God. <sighs> Time flies, doesn't it? it does. uh, she's, she's got a five-day-a-week option, but it is a smaller rural school and even though you know rural i think we we um how do i say it avoided some of the initial uh stuff with with covid uh at least here in northwest ohio recently we've seen some of our counties rural counties um have some have some incidents yep yeah a little bit a little bit of spike and you know to your point luckily when it starts really low and spikes at least it's not huge but we're also our population is not so dense so you know, percentage wise, it's still pretty bad. Yeah, exactly. And that was, um, you know, I don't, I think, so we're both in Ohio. It's, it's one, two, three, and four are the yeah. levels with one being clear and four being, oh dear God. Um, right. We just had a county uh, go from level two to three based on one outbreak of 30 people. Wow. Yeah. But it's, it was enough of a, a, a spike and I don't know how the levels are determined, percentage jump or whatever it is. Uh, I'm trying not to get too deep in the weeds on, on that and focusing on what I can control. Right. Um, but, uh, so one of the things that we can control us being instructors or people who are building learning experiences, um, is that first initial experience with our learners, whether it is probably ideally in a face-to-face environment. Yep. Um, and, and sounds like some people are going to have to do this remote. But that first meeting and those first few meetings, what can we do to, to help make sure, what can we, how can we build a foundation to help make sure that everyone in the room, everyone in the class, virtual or physical, uh, has a chance to succeed, has the best opportunity to succeed and to learn. Um, and I think what we want to talk about today is going to be socialization yep. and what we can do those first few meetings to help uh, make the group feel like it's part of something, something larger. I think it does a lot of things, right? It provides uh, motivation, um, helping each other. We are social creatures. It's how we've learned. It's how we've survived as a, spe- as a species for as long as we have, you know, sharing information. I think it's very helpful for faculty, uh, especially at the higher levels when you're not the sole distributor of information in a room that maybe have uh, some people asynchronously being engaged, right? right? If I have to answer all the same questions, that's kind of a, you know, it's a, not a great use of my time, but if I could have the group socialized and sharing amongst each other, 
right. then they can answer those questions for me. They can support each other when things, when somebody has a bad day, which happened quite often in um, uh, the, this past uh, spring semester, the group's able to pick that person up. Even myself, I had a day word where I could not do school. I was, I can't remember what it was a couple of weeks left. And I was like, man, if I get on camera right now with these kids, I'm going to break down. Right. And I slacked them and said, Hey, you know what, everybody, I'm not going to be there today. If you guys just want to show up and, and do your thing. Fabulous. If anybody wants to lead the class, fabulous. And the most amazing thing was because of the work I put in socializing the class and making them comfortable and building in some rules early on, they pulled it off. I made it. We all made it. It was yep. a really good experience. Well, you know, and I think that's, um, yeah, I mean, it's really important, right? And and we have to take advantage, you know, if you're, you know, because to your point, right, even if you're going to, even if the plans are to go back face to face, we all know that, you know, what happened last spring, it can change in an instant. And then you have like three days to, to, to change what's going on. And so, so to your point, that's, that's, you know, hope for the best and plan for the worst and, and make sure that we, we, we do that socialization. And, you know, one of the things is you were talking about that, it's been really interesting, right? When we first started this conversation about COVID and the response, it was really all about, um, you know, it was really all about how we, how we kind of react in the classroom, right? And I remember we, we, we did, a, we did a, uh, an episode about hitting the wall and we were, you know, final push. Well, you know, what's funny about that is we just had a meeting at work um, you know, it's been nonstop, like, like at least school had a break, but like at work right now, we're, we're still at nonstop and, and we're all, you know, I work remote and always, you know, have for, for many years, but there's a lot of people, you know, again, with, you know, different family situations, right? I'm in a pretty good spot. My kids are older. They're, they're pretty self-sufficient. I don't have toddlers running around. I don't need daycare and those kinds of things, but there's been people you know, at work that have been doing this and working from home and juggling all those things for all these months, right? And it's just been nonstop. Point I'm trying to make, you know, with, like you said, with, you know, kind of a mental health day, taking care of each other and having a team is really important. And, you know, I think if we do that, to your point, everybody's gonna be more successful. For example, I, I work on a team, I got switched over to a different team, kind of mid-pandemic, I've never actually met any of the people I work with on my team directly in person. Right. Um, but you know what? We, we, they've done a good job. My boss has done a good job and the team has done a good job of socialization, you know, via zoom, you know, we're always available, you know, via some kind of chat to, you know, help each other out and hop on. And, and it's really, it's really been helpful. So, you know, I mean, whether it's a workplace or whether it's a classroom, having that trust and, you know, it's almost like, you know, rather than, just, oh, this is a class and these are students and I'm the instructor. It's almost like building a team, right? Especially with remote, 100%. we need to build that. The, the class and the students, the learners have to be, think of themselves as a team moving through this rather than just individual students in a class, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'm on a, a remote team and the same situation. I haven't met anyone, um, but we, I feel like I kind of sort of know them enough to, yeah. Uh, and how did we, how did we, how did that happen? Right. Because I think that's important as we think about what we might do, um, especially with, uh, 
even sometimes, you know, uh, we use Slack all the time. Um, and you're kind of, sort of, it's weird. Are you synchronous in Slack or is, is Slack synchronous or asynchronous, right? Because it, it kind of goes both ways. It does. Um, but for a lot of the time, when I hopped onto a new team, there was some interaction back and forth in Slack. Um, yeah, okay. But I don't have a face to a name necessarily. Or if I do it, somebody's it's, uh, uh uh, professional LinkedIn style picture, right? It's not, it's not the real person. No right. offense, everybody. Um, and it was only even after we did some synchronous face-to-face -face stuff. Uh, yeah. That first time you enter into, into, into a room, face-to-face um, uh, -face room or virtual room, you know, at least me, I feel like I'm a pretty outgoing person. and will talk to anybody. Um, but that first time entering a room, you kind of have that wait to see what this thing is like. Right. And it was only after um, my inability to, to stay quiet and not say stupid things that it started to break the ice and chip away. And, right. and now we've got like some uh, uh, goofy things that we do that just make us feel like we're more humans than we are uh, utility. Right. Because that's, that's, I think, one thing you and I both noticed when we worked on a remote team at the same time was like, sometimes you ping somebody through Slack or send an email or whatever, and it's, hey, it's only when, hey, I need this. Right. And it's, it's only to satisfy a, a right. Right. need. It's very transactional, right? Yes, 100%. Versus spending that little bit of time getting to know people and asking about how they are and who they are as humans. And I think that's something that happens in the classroom. And I don't know, because... I haven't been in every single person's classroom. Obviously I've only been in the ones I've taught and then in the ones where I have been the, the student. But based on my experience, I feel like some faculty don't either don't know how or aren't comfortable opening up about some of their own things right. to be able to relate to the students. And that's not to say you're going to be friends with the students, but opening up a little bit about your own personal experiences and how you may have struggled with some things, I think that humanizes you. And doing that up front in the first week of class, talking about how you even got to where you are and sharing that helps them to see you as more of a real person right? than, than something transactional. I mean, I can think of a perfect example of when you and I were in the boot camp space and there was a, a TA and student relationship that was just crumbling. Um, and I think that TA refused to engage uh, with zoom or whatever the technology was at the time to, right. to open up their camera and like engage with somebody at a personal level. Um, and then I came in after afterwards and, and did that engaged with that uh, student on this kind of level that you and I are right now. And my kid was in the background dog was barking and, and the, the, the uh, student was like, yeah, I can't yell at you cause you're a real, you're a normal human being. I'm like, right. exactly. But you sometimes forget that when, you don't see somebody's face. And I think that's, that's a pretty important part. Seeing somebody's face and being, and having some just small insight into their life as a person. Yep. No, I, I agree. And, you know, two, two kind of points on that, right. That works. You know, I've done that um, you know, professionally as well. And when you're working remotely um, you know, especially like when I was doing consulting um, it was a client relationship. So it wasn't, it was, it was a colleague on some sense, but right. But it was a, it was a client relationship, right. And, um, you know, going down and actually meeting, meeting that team and having lunch with them um, made it basically you, you just give everybody a little bit of the benefit of the doubt more than you would if you haven't met them. Right. Yeah. 
And I, I think the other thing, right, with, uh, you know, when we talk about socialization, especially in the, in, in the possibility where we're going to have to go remote, it's really easy to, um, you know, in this, you know, if we're just doing Zoom and everything, it's really easy to slip into the sage on the stage and this, yeah. this there's this, this talking head that's my teacher and they're talking at me and they're, you know, whatever. But if you can socialize and, you know, build that trust that, Hey, we're all fellow learners. I'm facilitating. I'm a guide on the side and we're all on a journey. I'm just at a different point on the journey than you are. Then, then it makes this kind of interaction a lot easier. Yeah. Um, so let's talk practical in the classroom right. then. Let's talk about first day, you have the luxury of being um, face-to-face. Yep. What do you do? Don't read the syllabus, dear God. Right. I wouldn't even suggest that even if you're not trying to build, even if we're not in COVID, right? Hit the high points of the syllabus, let people know where it's at, let them know how to follow up with questions. But if yep. you're spending more than five minutes on that, 10 minutes at the most, what, what are you doing? Right, agreed. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I think some kind of, some kind of, uh, memorable or funny, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not a big icebreaker kind of guy, but, um, like generally, but something that's ridiculous has a lot of impact. I remember when we were in the boot camp space, um, you know, one of our instructors, um, and you'll, you'll remember this incident, right? The icebreaker was, if it was you against a bunch of Canadian geese, how many Canadian geese do you think would it, would it take to take you out? Right. Or something <laughs> yeah, weird, yes. Right. Yep. And it's just something completely ridiculous. And you, then, you know, and you, you, you kind of get into these numbers and then people are like asking really good questions. You're like, well, can I use one of the Canadian geese against the other Canadian geese? <laughs> you know, but, but, but I mean, it starts funny conversations and it, it gets people out of their, oh my gosh, I'm in this new class and I don't know anybody. And is this going to be hard? And, you know, am I going to get an A or whatever? And it gets people out of their kind of out of their heads a little bit and just makes them a little bit comfortable. And, you know, and that's a kind of a shared experience. So, you know, again, that was, I mean, that was quite a few years ago. And I still remember that. And, and I think everybody really enjoyed that because it was just goofy. Yeah. And I think if you, the humorous part, right? Humor is one of those things that, that really breaks down the, the barriers that we sometimes put up, right? Um, I feel like I make an idiot of myself in the classroom enough to make everybody else feel comfortable, not always being so, you know, um, how do we say this? I mean, everybody has a level of insecurity, right? right? We, we all do, um, especially when you're in a new environment, especially if you're a bunch of high school kids coming into a college class now. And I mean, I remember when I, and this is a story I tell, um, you know, it took me eight years to get through community college. And I love sharing that story because I think it helps the students relate to, you know, they can find some of themselves in that. Like, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And when I did, it was a pain in the arse trying to get there. Um, Cause some of the, the earlier choices that I'd made, um, but talking about, geez, and I just lost my brain ward. What was I talking about? Just, uh, just um, make it a fool of yourself and humor and, you know, and just relate, you know, relatability. Yeah. Um, so important because that will start to, to break down those walls uh, because we are so the first time I went started community college at 18, right out of high school, 
everybody was silent in the room and the instructor just lectured. When I went back later um, and had a focus being probably 24, 25 and spending my own money instead of the government's money, uh, I was going there trying to get something out of it. And I was asking questions and I was engaging with the faculty and I was challenging the faculty in some cases, right? Because I had that, had developed that, that confidence, but most of the learners that come to the space, it's like, might as well be a high school dance, right? Right. Like right. stand against the wall and try not to get embarrassed or right. embarrass yourself. Well, and I, th I think the other piece that has, has really, like we've seen work in the past is, you know, making mistakes up in front of the class is, is really important, right? Because, because for, for a couple of reasons, right? One, eventually you're going to make a mistake, right? And, and if your whole thing is just that, you know, I, I'm, I'm right all the time, then at some point, right, it becomes this gotcha moment with the instructor. Oh, well, they don't really know what they're talking about with this subject or whatever. But if you kind of start with it and just say, listen, we're, you know, we're fellow owners, you know, and like we always used to say in the, in the boot camp space, right? I always used to tell them one, um, nothing I tell you right now isn't something that you couldn't find somewhere else, maybe even a hundred different places, right? Well, I'm not the keeper of knowledge. Yeah. I'm not, I don't have any secrets with when, when it comes to the topics. But what I do have is I have a bunch of experience and I can help you navigate this and I can help you tell what's important right now, what's not important right now and maybe important later. And I can help you understand and navigate through this and, and learn in a way that you can learn from my mistakes. Oh, and by the way, that's how I learn is making mistakes. And by the way, I'm going to make mistakes and we're going to go through this. So there's going to be some questions you ask at some point that I'm not going to know the answer to. And what we're going to do is we're going to figure them out together. And this is the way this class rolls. That is, I think that is so important. So important. Um, you, you mentioned it earlier, but I have students who call me teacher and I'm like, no, I am a fellow learner because I don't know everything. The only thing I can do, the only way I'm going to really teach you is just like you said, this is what we need to know to do this. This is, this is how we're going to get there. Or, or this is, I said, I shouldn't say that. This is the destination we want to go. This is where we're at right now. These are the things that if I were you, I would want to put in my pack before I set out on this journey. And these are the things that I would look out for. Right. You can, you can get there however you want, but this is the path I would take unless you somehow know better than me. And we all know that some students do think that, um, but, but that then I think does more to empower them for their own learning than again, you and I talk about the school game all the time and checking boxes to get to where they need to be. Right. Right. So, right. so, so building that socialization then um, first day, first week, whatever you have of class, uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend leaving the room, give yeah. them something to do smallish, whatever, and leave the room. Um, even if it is for 15 minutes, you know, there might even, even if it only, if it ends up being for them 10 minutes of awkward silence and then five minutes of them actually engaging and sharing with each other, yep. that you have to break that initial seal of them not realizing that college is different than high school. Right. You're going to get more out of, well, I'd say you'd get more out of high school if you participated and didn't just sit there, but I don't know, you know, whatever. In college, the more you engage, I think as faculty, we would love it if there were more questions and more engagement, more things going on. Cause that's, you know, I tell, I tell my students, the, the more I talk, the worse experience this is for everybody. <laughs> right. Right. 
Well, and, and, you know, I, I think, you know, we, we, we talked about some techniques and, and I've been to, you know, you and I've been to different seminars and workshops over, over the years and some things work well and some things don't, but, you know, again, if you have a bigger class, right. Um, you know, yeah. have them break into groups, you know, answer a question or something again, that's going to be almost icebreaker kind of things and then have one person report out just so everybody learns a little bit about everybody else. But, you know, I think to your point that first day, I think you have the luxury. Um, and I would even maybe go beyond it. I think it's a necessity that that first day, don't, don't talk about whatever it is that your class is about. Just talk about you and the, yeah. and the participants, right? Don't, don't jump into the subject matter. And, 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 and why are you here? Right. What do you want to get out of this? Right. And, and, and be honest. I think that's the one thing. Um, be honest with me. If you're here just because it's required and you just want to muscle through it and get through it, that's sweet. Because that's yeah. going to help me understand where, what your motivation is and what I should expect from you. Right. Right. And, and how I can help you. Right. Get, get out of this what you need. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then you, you have your second, your second session, right. You know, set expectation, right. You know, you went through, everybody kind of met each other a little bit, that kind of thing. And then, you know, okay, great. Next time we'll jump in. But I would even then the the first 10 minutes of the second session, recap the socialization a little bit before you jump right into things. Right. And then maybe, you know, to your point, like, like we do with, uh, uh, with zoom, sometimes you open up the room, you open it up a little early. Yeah step out. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's some techniques I, I always used to, you know, when people come in, there's a place on the board, this, especially when I was teaching high school, right. There's a thing on the board. What are we talking about today? What are we doing? I mean, you could do something like question of the day, right? You could, I mean, there's, there's ways, especially the first couple of weeks where you could socialize and that question of the day maybe doesn't have anything to do with the subject matter, but it's just a continuation of, socialization or, you know, whatever, that kind of thing, just to, just to get people talking about something before the class, you know, just do something to get them out of their headspace. Cause it's, especially in college, it's really easy to go from one class to the next and just be in a, you know, just tunnel vision. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, even if the, um, I really like what you said about the starting the zoom session or the class earlier showing up, a few minutes early um, because if you make a personal connection with a few of the students um, again that that I think what we're trying to talk what we're talking about here with socialization is um, a community feel and more word of mouth and, and support between the students right. so even if that first day of class I get there 15 minutes early and one or two people show up and I can strike up a conversation with them because that's easier than a conversation with 15 in the 20 in the room or 100 in the room whatever those people then I'm going to assume if they show up early, there's some of the more um, people better suited to be successful. Yep. They are probably going to, if you, if you cultivate it, they can be some of the leaders in the space to help spread the message and make sure that, that things um, to help facilitate some of that connection that you may not be hundred percent cool with. You can empower them to be able to, to be that part of, right. of the group, the leaders in the group. Right. And, and if you are, you know, and don't, you know, and, and I've been guilty of this, especially in, in high school or whatever, a lot of times, right. Whether I'm teaching high school or, you know, college course or boot camp course, whatever. A lot of times you show up early, but you show up early because, you know, maybe you're not quite prepared. You got to get your notes together and you're kind of heads down, but to make this work, right. Show up 10, 15 minutes early 
And then when the people that show up early show up, you have to be proactive and reach out and engage them. Right. Don't just sit in the room and not talk. Yeah. I mean, take advantage of it. Right. If you're going to be there 15 minutes early, you're going to do the socialization and sit down and talk to those early birds. And if you can, then stick around because there's the opposite of the spectrum, right? Where somebody's going to want to hang back and ask you some questions 10 or 15 minutes after the class, if they can, and just make sure you engage. Right. And don't just, don't expect them to come up to you. You need to get out there and, and, you know, just strike up a conversation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so face to face, let's sum up, right? Yep. Show up early and, and have some conversations and try to find some leaders in the space. Um, uh, leave the classroom. Yep. At least for a few minutes to get them talking to each other. Ideally give them a prompt or something to do while you're gone right now. Just walk out. Um, and that, and that really helps to establish, like, cause sometimes we'll say into a classroom, okay, this classroom is going to be a different experience. We're going to want you to engage and blah, blah, blah. But then the faculty talks for the next hour. Right. <laughs> no, you got to do what you say you're going to do up front. Um, share, share about yourself and your own experience. Right. Uh, especially your college experience. I don't know, you know, I only know a few people who actually did college the right way. Um, and even if you did it the right way, you may have changed your degree or changed your minor. I know you had some type of struggle somewhere with something. Share that. You don't have yep. to talk about maybe your family and things that are, per- too, you know, a little, you feel too personal, but talk about your, your own college experience. That will make you relatable. Um, and I right. think that's the important thing, being relatable. Um, so then what can we do if it's full remote? Um, and, you know, full remote, we've got kind of the synchronous, asynchronous type of thing. Uh, synchronous, I synchronous remote. I think it's really just the same thing as what face to face is. Agreed. Open the room 15 minutes early. Uh, do some breakout sessions. Zoom has a nice breakout feature. That's the equivalent yep. of leaving the room, right? Yep. Um, cause then you can go pop in and, and kind of see where they're at and walk away. Yeah. Um, maybe try something like, uh, uh, Fibbage. You ever play that? I have not. Fibbage. We, I, we did it at the, at the summit. Um, and, and one of the teams I worked on tried it before. It is a, a online game where, and it, I think it costs like 10 bucks on steam or something, but like, it's all about spotting the lie and everybody puts their own lie, you know, it, it, any type of game, you know, we socialize through playing games. Yep. We like to play games. You can play games, get to know people, know their names. Um, and there are definitely online tools to be able to facilitate some of that. So, you know, one other thing that as we were talking about this, I think that'll help relate, you know, we, we've talked about, and, and again, this works in person or online, you know, is, and I, I'm thinking back to a, a class that my daughter had, make sure that you not only relate your own experience, but relate your relationship to the subject matter, right? What yeah. gets you out of bed in the morning, but also what do you want them to get out of this? Right. So, yeah. cause a lot of times it's not clear, right? So sometimes it's just like, I feel like you're just giving me a bunch of busy work or I feel yeah. like you're just making this hard for no reason. I, you know, I, it's not clear to me what you want me to get out of this. So, you know, whether it's off major or on major or whatever that would be to your point, right? You want them to tell you what they want out of it so you can help them, but you need to relate to them. It's like, listen, ideally, right? This is my passion. This is where this is. This is what I'd love to, you to get out of this at the highest level. I understand that not everybody's that passionate about it. So if you're not, and if this is just something you have to take, 
here's what at least I'd like you to take away from this. Right. Yeah. And so then everybody's working toward the same goals. And I think again, that, that helps socialize who you are and, and, and where you fall on things. And I think it makes that relationship a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So the hardest part then probably is, um, or the more difficult part because it's not natural is that connecting in an asynchronous online class. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to do a study where uh, you ask students a week after class is over to try to identify their teacher's name for their class and to pick their headshot out of a lineup. Yeah. Um, I bet that study would reveal that most people in online classes don't actually know who their instructors are which is unfortunate um, because that's part of the relationship building. Um, It'd be weird. And and I guess, you know, this is, uh, you have in normal times, uh, pre-COVID times, you would have face-to-face and online classes kind of going at the same time. And you would potentially have somebody walking by their faculty or their student that they're taking an online class with in the hallway and not even know their face to say hi. That's weird. That's weird to me. Um, So what are some of the things that we can do in an asynchronous experience to help build that initial camaraderie and that socialization. Yeah. So I'm taking um, a completely asynchronous class right now online. It's just a short class. It's 10 weeks. Um, They do a couple things in there that I think are, um, are useful. Um, So um, the, the, the model that they have is they, you know, they put it on and there are, there's probably a few, there's a few experts, a few kind of head faculty, if you will, that are kind of in a few of the videos and that kind of thing, but you don't interact with them, right? Yeah, right. Kind of their course, but they're the face, they're the experts or whatever. But then when it comes down to what you're doing in the course, you have your own, um, you have your own, uh, what, you know, what they call a head tutor or whatever, um, uh, facilitator, you know, essentially, right. Yep. And, but you also then have somebody that you, that's identified as the person that you go to for any administrative kind of thing. So there's two people, right. That you need to keep track of. And then you have your, your fellow, you know, your fellow learners along the way. So they do two things. One of the things that they do is, as you know, every week, one of the things that you have to do is interact on the discussion forum, right. They'll give you prompts. Um, one of the things that they do really well is they limit the number of words that you can do. So you're not writing these big essays. It's, it's meant to be a conversation. So, you know, keep it under 200 words, keep it More under like 150 words, right? More like just, tweets. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just, just get out there and start a conversation. They have that, Hey, you have to post twice. But the thing that's really good is the, the, the gentleman that is the kind of facilitating this, he does two things. He grades all of your papers and all of your submissions that you have. And then gives you personalized feedback, like gives you a note in there. Hey, Eric, that you did great here. You could do a little bit better there, whatever. But then on the discussion forums, what they do is they actually call on people. So they'll be like, hey, Eric, great insight. What about this? Or, hey, did you see the post from Mike? You know, you guys should yeah. get together. You guys see things. And so they kind of prompt discussion a little bit. And, you know, I, I know who he is, right? I, I know who he is. He also kind of posted his background. He kicks off all of the discussions. Hey, welcome to week eight. This is really exciting. Glad to see you guys doing well, blah, 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 blah. And then they also at the end of each module have 
one of the people that's doing it do a quick video in real time. Not, it's not very, um, it's not polished, right? It's a, it's a, it's a webcam and somebody's talking about, well, you know what, you guys are doing great. This is, you know, was week eight, week nine, looking ahead, you have this, that, and the other thing. And, and it's just a, it's just a recap, but you get to know these people over the 10 weeks. So I, I thought that was pretty effective. I, I know, I know everybody's name. I know how to get a hold of them and I've interacted with them at least once during the course. And the discussion board, that's, you know, that was my master's project. I've got lots of strong feelings around discussion boards. Um, my issue with the discussion board has always been it's buried in the, in the learning management system. It takes yep. too many clicks to necessarily get there. Um, conversely, like we, we mentioned Twitter, you know, Twitter, Facebook, um, first, as soon as you log in, right then and there, there's a, a text box or a form field. What are you thinking? What's going on? Somehow, some way it's trying to elicit something, uh, some input from you. I would love to see LMSs that would put that kind of front and center with those discussions and, and acted more like a social media. If we think about it, right? Social media, social learning. Uh, what, did, what, did, what did Facebook and Twitter really do? They, they kind of streamlined what online forums were. Right. In all honesty, which is unfortunately... LMSs are taking that discussion board platform that that's basically built replicating old school forums, which have kind of fallen off. I mean, I know they still exist, but they're not nearly as popular as they were because of advancements in social media. So where I feel like a lot of people are using discussion boards and they use them as graded and means to an end uh, or, or, or an end to themselves. I've started to use Slack for those type of conversations um, right. don't make them graded. Don't make them required. Um, right. Well, you know, and so I, you know, I think that there's advantage there. Um, and you know, I, I think that, um, so, I, but I, I think there's two use cases, right? So, yeah. so with a Slack or a Facebook or a Twitter, it's, it's very, it's very temporal. And, yeah. and, and, and the, the main thing is time. And, but, you cannot organize by topic. So one of the things that, you know, like I, I, there's still a few, you know, kind of hobbies that I have where if you want to go find something out or see how somebody fixed this or fixed that, right. There's discussion forums. What's nice about that is there's a, a there's a, a thread with a title yep. and then you respond to that title. And then I go through it. It's, it's not time-based it's subject. It's, 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 it's orthogonal, right? It's organized 90 degrees differently than, than the other. But I, I think that there is, I think there's benefit to both, right? So what they do on this is the, the discussion forums are an assignment and it's a graded activity. Um, and, and again, it, but it's very simple. You, you post twice, you get a point. You don't post twice, you don't get a point. I mean, right there, but, but I do like the fact that they're in there, they're not just leaving everybody to their own devices. Um, a lot of times you get tagged and what's neat about it is that we actually, there's a couple people in, and they also divide you into smaller groups into your discussion forums. And so there's several people that, you know, if, if the, if the instructor or the facilitator tags me, well, then somebody else will tag me and then I'll tag them back. And now we've kind of gotten into this habit of tagging each other and having right. that discussion, but, but it's, it's, it's a learned behavior because it's encouraged by, the, the teaching staff. And, and what LMS is that? Are you it's Moodle. And Moodle you can tag? Cause I don't yeah. think, I don't think with Sakai and Canvas, you, 
I don't know if you can do that. Yeah, so Moodle, it's cool. And then what's neat about it is I get uh, I get a notification when I get tagged via yeah. email. Yeah. Hey, somebody tagged you in a post. Oh, cool. And so then you get a little bit more of that Facebook yeah. kind of push notification kind of thing in there, which is is pretty effective. Now, I'll be honest with you, right, that taking a class and working full time and doing that kind of stuff, I don't always have time to engage like I would like to. Right. But I, more than once I've gotten tagged and I'm like, okay, well I can respond to that. That's a good prompt. Right. 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 So interesting. Yeah. I didn't, I did. I mean, yeah. If, if the LMS doesn't have that, it needs to, right. right. That tagging feature. Right. But I, I think though, to your point, it would be really great to have an ongoing just feed kind of, kind of feature to an LMS that would allow you to just, it's just, it's just the stream of consciousness of the course and of the participants and of the, you know, whatever, you know, just yeah. like a, a Twitter or whatever, you know, you, you start a new module each week. Hey, you know, how you guys feeling What's the temperature check and just jump in there as a more of a, to your point, social media, not an assignment, you know? And, and, yeah. And I think what's interesting too, is we, sometimes we make the assumption that an online class, everyone's asynchronous. That's not entirely true. People could be working on something in the class at the same time and just not be aware that they are. Right. So if our LMS or learning management or whatever the tools we're going to employ could help kind of, you know, you've seen, I think, I don't know if in Slack, yeah, all those type of tools like Slack and whatever, I am even teams, right? The active or on vacation yeah. or out of office or whatever. Um, using that would be kind of cool to see, hey, yeah, somebody else is working on this. Uh, I think when, when I coded my discussion board thing. Uh, one of the th first things I put on was like, what are you working on? So when you logged into work you, or, or into class, you would actually do a prompt and say what you were working on. And that could be available to everybody else to kind of see is anybody else working on these same things that I am. Yeah, I, I, I love it. So, um, so I think that, you know, to, to bring that full circle, right? If we can, whatever it is through Slack, through the discussion board or whatever, as an instructor or as the you know facilitator, whatever, model that behavior and model the interaction, right? So again, kind of like in a in a classroom where it's a room full of people and nobody's answering, or you only have the the two people in the front row answering all the time. Sometimes you have to resort to getting people active, breaking them in groups, or calling on them, right? Yeah. And there's ways to do that in 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 you know, kind of encourage that discussion and interaction. But I think, I think the important thing, right, when you're going asynchronous is if you're the teacher, you have got to push that. You've got to model that, right? It's not going to happen organically. It's 100%. I've, I've got a prime example. I helped a faculty in employ Slack for their online class this summer, made the recommendation, hey, you should do a couple things to drive people there. The faculty member was like, no, I'm just going to let it happen organically. I'm like, you still got to water the freaking plants. Yeah. You put a seed in the ground and with no water, but, um, yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but I think also within an online, typically we think online, typically we think asynchronous, right? I think that we should include some synchronous times in there. Maybe that first week, two or three synchronous meetings staggered different times, different days to try to catch different audiences, make it informal half hour kind of meet and greet meet your instructor whatever whatever um and then anybody that doesn't show up to that that you don't feel you've made a connection with i would honestly reach out to and try to schedule a 15-minute meeting with yep 
show, and, and I think that's another way to model because you can show them how, you know, uh, we use, we've got G Suite for our stuff, how Google Calendar tool works for setting up a meeting with somebody, yes. which, which in my mind, if you're taking an online class or remote class, you should be checking in with your faculty at least once every couple weeks. Well, at least. You're paying for it, you know, yeah. and... <laughs> But, well, but then, we get modeling that did, to right, set it up first. Right. And then, then that's what we did at the, uh, when we were doing boot camps, right? At least yeah. at the end of every module, it, you know, if, if not a weekly touch base, yep. just come in, Hey, how's it going? What's going on? How can I help you? And then the availability of kind of more open office hours and help, you know, and, is really, really important in, in, you know, force you know, and having that little bit of synchronous time is, I think it's super important. I, um, uh, the HTML CSS class that I teach uh, and uh, you know, code, you could copy paste somebody else's code and not know the difference, sure. right? Ideally everybody's code would look the same maybe, but it'd be hard to identify somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and just copy pasted Absolutely. from the, from the boot camp, I stole the idea of the code reviews. Yep. So even though it's an online class, they still meet with me when they turn in their uh, module assessments, summative assessments, and we talk about their code. And if I feel something's a little wonky, I could actually go ask them to change something right then in their live. Typically yeah. a 10 or 15 minute meeting. I ask them how their day is, things like that. 10 students, maybe it's 150 minutes. Great. That's office hours for that class. Yep. Because online does not mean island. I've said that before. I said that in the, the Indonesian thing, but then I was like, I know you guys have 17,000 islands. This is nothing against islands. Right. But online learning does not mean I'm on an island learning. And I think that's the perception. That's probably accounts for some of the negative perception. And we as faculty have to make sure, have to model, do things that break down that, uh, that perception. Right. Right. So yeah. And, and again, like we've talked about many of the same techniques that you use in person, you can use online with the tools that we have, but, yeah. you, but also just like you use, you know, again, in a classroom, classroom management 101, right? Sometimes you got to call on people or sometimes you have to break them out into an activity. You can do the same thing on an, in an online environment, right? Different technologies, different ways to do it. But, you know, again, whether it's Slack or the discussion forums or whatever, you have to model the behavior you want to see and you have to encourage and spark those conversations because they won't spark themselves. Right. So yeah, just moving to online doesn't mean everybody's all of a sudden really just, you know, social media aware and they're just going to jump in and do it because they're not, they're going to act yeah. just like they do in your class. Exactly. Only exactly. they're going to be more isolated. Right. Yes. So, um, so, you know, I, I think being really mindful about these things, but you know, to bring it all the way back to the beginning, if you're in person and you have the, the chance to socialize that first week, you are going to be set up so much better the rest of the semester. If you have to go to online or remote, right? You just yeah. because you, you've laid that groundwork and you put that work in. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, you know, for me, the first week of class, um, right now it'll be face to face. The one thing though, that I did, I, all of my classes, except for my intro, I have two sections of my intro class. One is going to meet traditionally two days a week, but all of my other classes I set up as a uh, hybrid. So we're only meeting one day a week with the expectation that they come in to do lab work or stay home and do lab work, depending on how things go. That way 
if we do are if we are asked to go full remote again then there is only that one time one 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 um spot on the calendar where they would be expected to show up right synchronously um but that first week if all we do is talk about who we are and what we want to accomplish over this over the 15 weeks of the semester in my mind that's a win because that's yep. just going to make everything else so much easier yep agreed agreed yep and and then at that point right we we were through we everybody went through a lot last spring let's be smart let's set ourselves up for success and you know listen if we all stay face to face then i i think you're going to make a better face to face experience because you need to yeah. do this stuff normally anyway that socialization is important but man you you're you're just you're setting everybody up for success in the in the instance that we have to go remote as well so well, we can easier on ourselves think about what happened um spring semester right there was an extra week of spring break for us to get our poop in a group and then for me that whole next week was just level setting on what we were going to do yep. so we lost two weeks I missed, I, my students missed one assignment that we, 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 we took out one assignment because of that, but really they met all the outcomes, even with only 14 weeks, I'm sorry, 13 weeks of class instead of 15, taking that first week to just relate because we said this too before, right? It's not about the technology. It's about the relationship with the learner. Yep, taking that first week to establish those relationships, man, oh man, it's just going to pay dividends. Yep across the board especially when they start helping each other right especially when they start helping each other because that's that's the way the world works yep agreed great so cool well hopefully this uh you know helps for the fall right i mean and, and i think you know as much as anything right it's a good reminder to ourselves on how to approach these things as we go back and uh make sure we're doing the right things yep yeah definitely all right. Well, now that we've solved all the world's problems. <laughs> all right. Go back to bed. <laughs> That's right. Go back to bed. <laughs> all right. All right well, see you next time. Good talking to you. Take care.